0: I'm Calista Anderson, a new mom coach and educator. I help new moms just like you during pregnancy and beyond to figure out what to do next and how to do it so that you feel prepared, equipped with the proper knowledge and ready for your precious baby, allowing you to enjoy the wonderful runway into mommyhood. If you're navigating through pregnancy with a million things on your mind that you know you have to get done, or learn about, then this is the podcast for you. I have been where you are, and I totally get it. I'm a mom of three, and my first two babies were back-to-back, only 13 months apart. Those first couple of years were a pretty challenging time, but it made me a fast new mom master, and it gave me a newfound passion for mamas to be and their babies. It was during this intense learning curve of the new mom life, I had a light bulb moment and said, wow, isn't it interesting that we women prepare way more for our weddings, like a year in advance, and put so much energy into every last detail? Yet, we don't do the same thing for becoming a new mom. I was inspired to combine my experience along with my professional background as a registered nurse and a certified lactation counselor to help women get ready for their babies like they were getting ready for their weddings. To make them feel like a boss when that sweet baby arrived. So I created my business, New Mom Boss, and started this show, The New Mom Boss Podcast, to help prepare women for the most important job of their lives, becoming a mom. I am so glad you are here and want to thank you in advance for taking the time to learn for your baby. We moms are changing the world one baby at a time, and I can hardly wait to get started. So let's go. Hey there, mama. Welcome back to the new mom boss podcast episode 80. I'm Calista Anderson, and I hope you're doing and feeling well. So mamas, I want to ask you, do you want to know how to build a well-strategized baby registry? And do you want to know how to sort through the baby gear market to find the items that are right for you? And do you want to know why not all baby products on the market are safe? Well, then stick around because I have Abby Calter, who is the founder of Prepping for Peanut. Prepping for Peanut is a personalized baby prep concierge service that makes nesting a stress-free, confusion-free, and clutter-free experience. Abby loves helping expectant families sort through the crowded baby market to find the right products that are right for them so they can spend more time enjoying pregnancy and less time shopping for the perfect stroller. So, Welcome Abby. Welcome to the show. Hi, great to be here. So excited for you to be on today and talk everything about baby stuff. That's so much to talk about. Yeah. Where do we begin? Well, actually, before we begin, let's tell the audience a little bit more about you, how you came to do what you do. And yeah, just tell us a little bit more about Miss Abby Coulter. Yeah. So Prepping for Peanut is about 2 years old, which is really exciting. I actually
1: got that in a LinkedIn notification about myself that I founded the company about 2 years ago. So that was exciting. That was just last week. But my background is in product and brand marketing. And I've worked for big startups that have grown quickly, selling their products to consumers. And as soon as I became a mom... I thought, oh, well, this experience being in marketing and products, like I'm going to be able to sort through and build my registry. No problem. I've always been in merchandising, product marketing, branding. I've always considered myself kind of a pro shopper in that way because I could sort through the nonsense and what was, you know, marketing language versus real value add to your life. But as soon as I had my son and I went through this process, I realized. Well, they've really got us bamboozled a little bit, <laughs> not to hate on the baby gear industry, but because it's growing year over year, and because it's so large, and they're always pregnant people, right? They're always coming out with new products, different products, different features, and it's a super competitive market, which makes it ultra confusing for a consumer. And I felt that I spent so much time preparing the stuff when I was expecting my son And I really missed out on some of the key resource planning and support planning that I could have done. And in the end, I started talking to other moms who had the same experience. You know, we spent all this time kind of focused on the stuff, which is valuable. Like baby does need stuff. Mom needs stuff, but it's not the whole picture. And it's so time consuming to sort it all out because of how confusing the market is that it's really a distraction from the super important things. So. I founded Prepping for Peanut to kind of help streamline the stuff process so you can spend your pregnancy focused on much more important things. You know, interview with postpartum doulas, take an awesome birthing course, figuring out what kind of birth you want. All these things take time and will really serve you better in your birthing experience and in early motherhood, then, you know, building spreadsheets, comparing strollers, which I have clients come to me with these giant spreadsheets. And I'm like, No, don't do it. Like, I'll do it for you. So I really want Yeah, I really want families to focus a little bit. And hopefully, I guess, learn from my mistakes. But they are things that you know, I hear a lot from families. It's, It's a common kind of theme. So that's where prepping for
0: peanut came from. And that is so true for many first time moms, just the overwhelm when you look at a registry. whether it's online or in person, there's a million things that's just thrown in front of you. And you're Mm -hmm. like, don't even know where to begin. Yeah. So how does working with a baby planner differ from, let's say, asking friends and family for help?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I mean, you can get that spreadsheet, we all have that spreadsheet, right? Or that list that gets passed from friend to friend. The thing about these lists is, even your close friends are going to have different priorities, different parenting philosophy than you are. And if they live in different areas or just have different focuses, their lifestyle is really different. So the stuff might not suit you. In addition to that, they're all outdated. So even your friends who had something last month, had a baby last month, last year, those products have been updated, changed. There's new stuff to the market because of the competitiveness within the baby gear industry. New stuff is coming out constantly. Things are being iterated. So what was a must skip for one mom is going to be a must have for another mom. And just looking at this these lists, it doesn't tell the whole story. You don't get the whole picture. And I find by going off these lists, people are getting things that they're not truly happy with, that they don't fit within their life. Just because they're blindly selecting them from a list versus really understanding what they do, how they're going to add value or maybe not add value to your life. Like maybe something your friend loved is going to be a skip for you. So I think it just doesn't tell the whole story. I think being new to a market like baby shopping, like you just don't know what you don't know. So blindly buying things is ultimately going to lead to clutter and you know closets filled with things you never ended up using.
0: Totally true. I can relate to that. So what are the biggest mistakes people make on their baby registries?
1: You know, it, it depends. So everyone's a little bit different. I see people buying a lot of things, like I said, from the lists, They don't really understand why they're getting them. And that can lead to a lot of redundancies on their baby registry. So things that really ultimately do the same thing, but all these moms have added to the list and it's become redundant. Things that don't fit into their lifestyle necessarily. And then another big thing is just quantity alone. Maybe the items are great items and they suit them, they work for them, they work for baby, but they just buy way too many. And some of that is the marketing aspect, right? Like swaddles come in packs of three and onesies come in packs of three. So being really smart about quantity is also something that I think is often missed.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think you also touched on it too. And I want to highlight that, you know, a lot of moms or families, you know, it's the husband and wife that's doing it together, maybe, and they register for things that they'll never use, mm-hmm. or they won't use for months, or maybe even yep. a year. And then mm-hmm. it just takes up space. And baby things come in big boxes. <laughs> they <sure laughs> I, do. Yep. <laughs> All the packaging is so big, and then they take up so much space. And I like to to tell moms about, you know, that mistake is that you can use that money now. Like register yeah. for the things that you're actually going to use in the first three to six months. And yep. so, you know, knowing what to register for is really important.
1: Yeah, I think what if your first go around, though... You don't even know when certain things come into play, right? Like you don't know necessarily the developmental milestones and almost all this stuff kind of links up with some sort of milestone. But if you don't know when that stuff comes around, like you don't know that you're buying for a year or two years down the road. The other piece of that is stuff gets recalled and stuff expires. So if you're not, to your point, if you're not going to use it right away or in the first, you know, three to six months, for instance... It might never be possible to use it. Like things do often change quickly. So it's a really good call out. And yeah, that's what a baby planner does kind of. We help people better understand when those milestones happen and how they can shop smarter.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So, what can someone do to reduce overwhelm and getting ready to welcome their little one? You know, there's all this stuff and that comes yeah. with the overwhelm. So, what can someone do to help reduce that? I think asking for help and not not just from baby planners, right? Like it's not a
1: plug for baby planners, but really it's hard as a first-time parent to outsource. It's hard to recognize the big shift that's about to occur in your life. And while you're pregnant is a really good time to start asking for help. And that can be in a lot of different forms. Asking a neighbor to make meals for you, asking a mother or mother-in-law to put together a list of the tasks they're willing to help you with. Setting up that postpartum plan, asking for a great birthing course and really outsourcing that. Like you're not going to learn these things on your own. So I think that's something people can do, you know, with or without a baby planner is set up those resources, set up that game plan. And that's going to make you feel a lot more secure heading into this next chapter than having your stroller, right? Like there are things that we can focus on and put our attention to that I think really do pay off and will make you feel more confident going into this experience. I'm a big fan of outsourcing, and I think it's really hard to do, ask for help, but while you're pregnant is a great time to start.
0: Right. I want to add on to that because this I I talk about this whenever I can. I think we need a mindset shift as women Mm -hmm. because you know, we've been on this, I can be a superwoman, I can do it all, and the go, go, go mentality, which serves us well in careers Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing, but in motherhood, it does not serve us. Like we're not meant to do this alone. For sure. You know, ancient times, like there were like villages, like physical villages you lived in. And now we're all like spread, you know, all across the country. We're away from our families and you have to like hire people to help you Mm -hmm. and they become your village. So I I think that's a a thing most new moms miss because they think they could do it alone. And it's really it's not that fun when you do it alone. I mean, you you might survive, but it's like, you don't get to enjoy new motherhood when you try to do it alone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so hard to explain though, until you're in it. Like I was that stubborn, like I can do it all person when I was having my son. And I don't think you could have explained it to me because it's that it's a feeling that you just don't know and you can't fully grasp until you're in it. So yeah, I have conversations with people like that all the time and I just hope I'm imparting a little bit of knowledge um on the ne- the next round of folks, but yeah, it's so important to build your village and I think we're getting just so distracted. The average baby registry takes about 40 hours to build. And what else could we do with those 40 hours, you could be building your village. So it's a lot of time that we're sinking into kind of the wrong stuff.
0: Wow, 40 hours, that's like a work week. And that doesn't happen like 40 hours consecutively, obviously, but I mean, sprinkled over how many months, that's a lot of time and a lot of just like, brain space that's left, you know, like burning Mm -hmm. calories in your head. Because you got to get, you know, it's, just, it's in the back burner and you'll get to it and you'll get to it and you're putting things piece by piece when, mm-hmm. you know, using a baby planner could just take that off your plate altogether and you can do something else.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the data, this is all baby list data, actually, but it takes about 40 hours to build the registry. That's how much time people are spending, tweaking, researching on their platform. And then only 11% of people said they were happy with what they ended up with. So we're sinking all this time in, and the result isn't great. I don't think there are many other like tasks or things people do where they're like, "I spent forty hours. I'm really happy. I only like eleven percent of it." Like, we shouldn't be pleased with the <laughs> this result. And yeah. I'm hoping you know people by working with a baby planner can see it can be easier, and we can have better results.
0: Absolutely. All right. So we know that stores and online stores carry baby gear. But I was surprised to find out that not all baby gear are safe. And if they're not safe, why do these stores carry them? So
1: there are a lot of nuances within the market. And there's a big distinction that should be recognized. And I, I don't think it's hard to recognize when you're a new consumer to the market, which is legal and on the market does not necessarily mean safe. And you have a bunch of players with their hands in this. You have the pediatricians who agree on a certain set of items that are safe or are not safe. You have the government regulating certain products as well. And then you have the merchandising groups who are responsible for putting things on the market. And they have separate safety standards. So you really have three kind of main groups, main players in this. And not every category is regulated by the government and is approved upon by the pediatrician so it can go to market. So for instance, cribs have certain regulations, car seats are obviously regulated by the government, bassinets, and a few other categories, but then everything else isn't. So that it's up to the merchants to decide if it's good enough to go to market. And oftentimes the pediatricians do not agree with their safety standards. So it can be on the market, it can be on the shelf, it can be, you know, in photos that people have taken of their nurseries and people are buying, but, um, it's not regulated. And so the pediatricians, if there's any incident with it or a number of reports, it could potentially be recalled, taken off the shelves, or you could, you know, go into a pediatrician's office and they could say, we don't want you using that. So essentially a lot of players, I think we all know when the government is involved, some things are slower to change in terms of regulations as well. We've seen it in a lot of industries, the beauty industry, et cetera. So yeah, things on the shelf are not necessarily safe, but it's very confusing to a first-time parent to go into Target, Bye Bye Baby, wherever that is, and see something for sale. You would assume it's safe, but it may not be.
0: Well, how can you avoid products that aren't safe or maybe products that might not work? So, you might,
1: so you might not work, is hard, because what might not work for me might work for you. So we talked a lot about the kind of sample items when you work with me on a package, the things that you could buy one or two of to try, but it it might not work for you. So don't get too many of them. That's certain categories. And then the things that aren't safe, I don't put on registries at all. There's nothing like your baby getting used to something, or you getting used to something, and then you go to the pediatrician and they're like, you should not be using that. It really brings your confidence level down as a parent, I think. So you can consult with a pediatrician, you can read a ton about it online and, you know, sink more into those 40 hours, or you could work with a, a baby planner. And then the rest some of it also comes down to parenting decision and philosophy, which is a little bit of the nuance that gets confusing.
0: I want to say pediatricians are, you know, they're good at seeing the patient, the baby, mm-hmm. you know, but I... I'm going to guess they don't keep up with all the baby products. No, for sure. I mean, they don't have time. I mean, they have busy practices. Uh, They see each patient for like 15 minutes. They're just bam, 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 five days a week. I just don't think we should rely on, you know, pediatricians for products because, you know, that's where I like to just clear the perspective. Like they are persons of authority, Mm -hmm. Right. But they don't know everything for
1: sure, but they will be able to tell you as an association. Maybe not like if you go to the American Association of Pediatrics online, I'm not saying every individual pediatrician is going to be able to tell you anything. Yeah. But the association of pediatrics have come together on certain products in a united front and said enough incidences have happened with this, that, or the other that we cannot endorse the use of them. Those are certain things like bumpers, anything in the crib. Walkers, things that, you know, could, could be unsafe. The other thing is that use your discretion. Like if you think something looks like it could be a suffocation hazard or it could break and fall out of your doorway, there are parts of that that can be, you know, used as well. And then there are safety technicians in areas. They set up safety gates. They put in, you know, they cover your outlets. They, and they are also a good resource to consult when trying to figure out what, what works and what doesn't.
0: Right, I I'm all for just looking for the specialist, and then also, yeah, just using your own judgment. Right, unfortunately, that can't
1: always be with things like car seat safety, for instance. Like, it's not intuitive. I think you know, there's technology there that the average person is. It's definitely a consult and expert category. So yeah, I I agree, consult an expert for sure, and use the resources at your disposal.
0: Speaking of car seat, just really quick, if if you're in the market for a car seat, you need to know how to work your car seat like months, like two months before your due date. Cause it's one of those things that even if someone else sets it up for you, like you need to get used to how to, how to work it, getting it in and out of the car and all the bells and whistles. Like I had a Duna with the wheels, you know, that dropped. And so it took, it it was a learning curve. Oh yeah. That was new to me. For my third baby, because I didn't have it for the other two.
1: No, all the gear has a learning curve. And I try to, when I'm discussing like different choices with people, explain that, you know, maybe this one's a little more user friendly and this one's a great product, but get prepared for, you know, taking three weeks to figure out how to use it, things like that. Because the car seat thing, you're so right. Have it, we, I tell clients, have it installed by 32 weeks if you're expecting multiples, 36 weeks if you're expecting a singleton, and then practicing with it for sure because you've never used it. And the first time you harness your child should not be leaving the hospital. Like that is, use a bear, use a doll, whatever that is, get used to those straps, get used to harnessing because it's scary enough leaving the hospital if you're
0: yeah. newborn,
1: right? Like having to put them in the car is a whole other thing. So, yeah, build confidence
0: where you possibly can. You won't see anything like a first time parent with their baby putting them in the car seat the first time. And like you start sweating, right? (laughs) Because the baby's screaming and you don't know how to like get them to quiet down in the car seat. It's flustering.
1: Yeah, no, it's I mean, it's shocking enough. I think like they're sending me home with this baby. Oh, no, now I have to put them in the car. It, it's tough. And it's again, I don't believe it's intuitive. So really practicing and getting someone to to properly show you is important.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, what other to do's do you recommend families spend time on when they're preparing for their baby?
1: I actually have a whole, a whole checklist that I give clients or you can buy my website. And a lot of it is individualized when I work one on one with someone. I get to know them really well. So are they welcoming a baby? Are there other children in the picture? Do we need to figure out care for those children? I mean, we get really into the nitty gritty, but in terms of general preparation, talk about everything from preparing finances to setting up your space. When I talk about space, I don't necessarily mean the nursery. I mean, the space you will be recuperating in as a birthing person, because that's the space you spend the most time in preparing for your healing, preparing for postpartum. So meals, all of the things that go into keeping your house running when maybe you're you're not feeling your best. So these are all things we talk about and we go into a plan. And then there's the, the product piece, right? Because it's not just registering and selecting items. Once the items arrive, there's some strategy and optimization that has to take place in your space. Like all the stuff arrives. And like you said, they come in these giant packages. You have to do something with them. So figuring out how to set up the home set up the nursery, set up the space, unpack things, wash what's important to wash, don't wash stuff you might not use right away. All of that we go through to get ready for baby.
0: Yeah. Like I tell you, my husband never assembled more things in his life Yeah, <laughs> then <laughs> having our first baby. You need just prepare for lots of assembly and lots of batteries. You can totally outsource that stuff too. So you could have someone come build all that
1: stuff, do all That's that true. stuff. It's maybe, you know, my husband, this is an anecdote, but my husband had a terrible injury when I was about to give birth. He was on crutches, so he wasn't exactly the most reliable assembler and things like that. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're a single parent welcoming a child, if your husband, you know, is injured like mine was, or if you simply don't have the time or interest, which is fine too, there are lots of, this is another good area to outsource and figure out how to optimize your space.
0: Yeah, if you can take something off your plate, if you can afford to, I highly recommend it. Definitely. There's just a lot to consider. And these are
1: your last months as, you know, husband and wife or husband and husband, wife and wife, whatever your family situation is, there's going to be a big shift and it would be nice if we could just spend a little time breathing together versus assembling furniture.
0: Right. Totally. Well, thank you so much, Abby. Where can people find you? Yeah. So I have a website, preppingforpeanut.com. I'm
1: also fairly active on Instagram, Peanut. And always taking questions or if people have content they're interested in learning about, different topics, different categories, I can always be reached and I'm always happy
0: to help. That's awesome. And I thank you for for what you're doing for the mamas out there. It's needed. You know, a lot of moms don't know that this is available. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad, you know, we talked about this today. And I'm sure there's a mom out there that needs this. And we are just bringing it to them.
1: Yeah, no, it's great. It's actually really funny. Services like this are very popular in Europe and not so much in the U.S. Just like everything they're you know, giving more maternity leave and <laughs> really helping uh, kind of families grow. But it is uh, not as popular of a service in the U.S., not as well known. And I'm hoping, you know, more people kind of get wise to the fact that you can, you can get help. It's, you don't have to do it alone
0: well thank you so much again I appreciate you coming on Abby thank you so much for having me hey mama before I let you go I just want to say thank you for listening to this show I know you have a ton of choices out there and I am grateful to have you here If you found this podcast valuable, then chances are other mamas just like you will too. So if you could do us a favor, please leave a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. We, I mean the future listeners and I, would truly appreciate it. Because I'm sure you already know, small actions can have big ripple effects. Also, if you're not already following me on Instagram, go ahead and follow me at newmomboss. I love getting connected in DMs and getting to know listeners and also seeing your stories. And lastly, if you're looking for a like-minded community to go on this new mom journey with, then join my free Facebook group called New Mom Lounge. Simply type New Mom Lounge in Facebook and you should easily find it. All right, I hope to connect with you soon. Take care.